Hello and welcome to Connect Points podcast and sermon archives. If you'd like to learn more about our church, please go online to our website at connectpointupc.com or follow us on our Facebook page. Thank you very much and I hope you enjoy this week's message. God bless. In this house today, prioritizing the Lord in your life, amen, is a wonderful, wonderful thing to do. We are today in our second part of a series about heaven. Somebody say heaven. Heaven. Amen. I believe, as we mentioned last week, that it is necessary for us to be heavenly-minded, to have our mind, have our thoughts on the things of heaven, of our eternity. And if you were unable to be here last week, I would encourage you to go back on our website, on our podcast, and listen to that, and uh, maybe that could be helpful to us. But we believe that heaven is a prepared place, that it exists right now. Amen. As good as that just felt about what we just experienced, there are people that are, amen, living eternally right now in the presence of the Almighty God. I said right now there's people worshiping around the throne of heaven, amen, and celebrating, amen, their eternity with Jesus Christ. It is a prepared place. It does not exist as some figment of the imagination. It is not some sort of higher state of consciousness. It is a place that Jesus said, I go to prepare for you, amen, that where I am, what did he want? that you may be there also. Does anybody feel like Jesus and say, I want to be where he is. I want to be where he is. And so we talked about a lot of those different things, but we understand that not only is it a prepared place, but it is a prepared place for a prepared people. Amen. It is a prepared place for prepared people. In Hebrews, the ninth chapter, we read some verses 24 through 28. For Christ is not entered into the holy place made with hands, which are the figures of the true, but into heaven itself. Now to appear in the presence of God for us, nor yet that he should offer himself often as the high priest entereth into the holy place every year with blood of others. For then he must, must he often have suffered since the foundation of the world. But now, once in the end of the world, hath he appeared to put away sin by the sacrifice of himself. And as it is appointed unto men once to die, But after this comes the judgment. So Christ was offered, once offered to bear the sins of many, and unto them that look for him shall he appear the second time without sin unto salvation. He offered himself one time on the cross. He is not perpetually crucified. He's not still on the cross. Amen. They put him on a cross one day. He was down in a tomb and resurrected, and they saw him again the third day. How many know God is alive and well and powerful today? 
And he tells us in the scripture of Hebrews something that is important about who it is that is going to be connected to that resurrection and connected to that eternal salvation when he makes the statement, them that look for him. Oh, hallelujah. How many know everybody's not looking for Jesus? How many know everybody's not preparing themselves for heaven? How many know some people don't care about it at all? Amen. The idea that somehow just every human being that's ever been created just automatically gets to go to heaven is absolutely not biblical. It's not in the Bible anywhere, in any form or fashion. Amen. And so we see that we're going to be looking for him. And that one of the biggest glories of heaven is that we will find him there. And what I mean by find him is I mean we will begin our eternity of existence with the Lord. One of the most glorious things, I should say the most glorious thing of all of the wonders of heaven is Jesus is going to be there. Oh, hallelujah. I'm not talking about someone we just pray to like we pray to now. And I'm not even talking about the feeling and the presence of the Spirit of the Lord in the house. I'm talking about being with Jesus, seeing Jesus, talking with Jesus, interacting with Jesus. Is anybody excited about coming face to face with your Lord and Savior, Jesus? Oh, hallelujah. Amen. He died one time and fulfilled the law. And this was not for him, the Bible tells us. His death had nothing to do with him as he was without sin. But it was so that we might say what the apostle tells the Corinthian church in 1 Corinthians 15. Oh, death, where is thy sting? He died on the cross that we might be able to say, oh, grave. Where is your victory? The sting of death is sin, and the strength of sin is the law. But thanks be to God, which giveth us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Oh, hallelujah. Calvary was so that we could live as conquerors in this temporal life, but Calvary was also so that we could make heaven our eternal home. Calvary is about, amen, the forgiveness of sin. Calvary is about the blood that covers our sin. But that's not all that Calvary was about. It was not about just how I live this life now. It's also about how I get to heaven someday. Either way, hear me today, whether we are conquerors or whether we are conquered, the Bible tells us we are appointed once to die. Either sin unto death, as the Bible says, or righteousness unto life eternal. There is no reincarnation. There are no do-overs. You don't get another life to try to get it right the next time. We have one life to live. In Luke chapter 10, Jesus has some 70 disciples that he is now sending out to do kingdom ministry. And he sends them out to go to work, as it were. And they come back a while later, 
and they're rejoicing that their work for the kingdom is effective, that when they pray and when they speak, that miracles are happening and people are receiving the things that are available to them through Christ. And they come back celebrating that, that even the demons are, have to listen to us when we speak in your name. And Jesus says in Luke 10, 18 through 20, I beheld Satan as lightning fall from heaven. Behold, I give unto you power to tread on serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy, and nothing shall by any means hurt you. That's a powerful statement right there. Amen. That's a powerful thing for him to give to his people. But he doesn't stop talking. He wants to make a broader point. Notwithstanding in this rejoice not that the spirits are subject unto you, but rather rejoice because your names are written in heaven. Oh, hallelujah. I know you're excited about what you're doing right now, and it's important and it's valuable. I know you're excited about having this power where you can speak and you can cast demons out of people. I know that this is a good thing. Jesus is not downplaying their ministry on the earth, but he's saying if you really want to rejoice about something, rejoice about the fact that you got your name written down in heaven. Amen. We can still have that power today that he speaks of with those disciples. It's found in being filled with the Holy Spirit of our God in Acts chapter 1 and verse 8. But ye shall receive power, Jesus spoke to them. He said, you shall receive power after that the Holy Ghost has come upon you. And you shall be witnesses unto me in Jerusalem and in all Judea and in Samaria and unto the uttermost part of the earth. You shall receive power. Can I just pause for five seconds today and tell somebody, if you have not yet been filled with the Holy Spirit of the Almighty God, you can receive the gift of the Holy Spirit in your life today. And you can have that power that he was talking about and that they saw in Scripture. That is important. The Holy Spirit active in our lives is important in, for our ability to live in this world and not be of this world. In fact, I'm going to say it like this. I don't believe it's possible to be in this world and not of this world without the Holy Spirit active in your life. The pull of the world is too strong. The ways, the traps that are set are too many I need the Holy Spirit active in my life uh, to navigate and to walk through this life and stay out of the, the mess and stay out of the pig pens of this life. Oh, hallelujah. But Jesus tells the disciples who were still living in the temporal life, if you really want to rejoice, rejoice because your names are written in heaven. Now we know that that is both possible but not permanent. Hear me today. It's possible because Jesus says their names are written there. But we know that it's not permanent because Jesus later on goes on to teach them a whole lot of things about how to live above sin, how to resist the temptations of sin, about the work of the devil and what it does to the, in our flesh and how they must make choices and how they live their life and what they do. So he is not saying your names are written down in heaven permanently no matter how you live from this moment on. 
He wouldn't spend a whole lot of time teaching them how to continually keep themselves ready for heaven if their names were already written in heaven and there was nothing that could change that. But yet he does. Spends a lot of time teaching them and preaching to anyone that would listen, including his disciples, about how to keep themselves prepared for heaven. Oh, hallelujah. Have you ever gone into a hotel, walked up to the front desk and said, I have a reservation? Right? Now, I've been in a few situations in my life. Several years ago, my wife and I were at a conference in Louisiana, and they got, they got an ice storm. And an ice storm in Louisiana, the way people react to it is like the worst blizzard you've ever seen in your life times 10. They literally do not know how to behave. It was unbelievable. They shut all the roads down. We were trying to get to the airport. They shut all the roads down, and I promise you the roads that they were shutting down, we drive on most of the winter. And we were trying to get to the airport, and because the roads were shut down, and I had to keep going around trying to get down country roads and driving through the woods, trying to get around their barricades, trying to get there, and they canceled all the flights we found out anyway. And so it became, okay, we have to find a hotel room. And my wife and I spent several hours of the next hours driving around the New Orleans area trying to find a hotel room, and everyone we walked into was full of panicked people and panicked workers, and all of them were just saying, we've got nothing. We, we, got, we don't know. We went at one gas station. Literally, we walked into a gas station, and the gas station was probably filled with 60, 75 people that were just mulling around in a gas station because they didn't know what else to do with their lives. The parking lot was overflowed. There's cars parked down the street, and everybody was like, I guess we just live here now. I literally, had, I literally had a worker. I asked a worker, I said, well, is this the first time this is, I mean, what do you normally do in these situations? She said, well, the sun will come out. <laughs> I was like, well, that's true. That's true. I guess you got all of these Snickers bars to eat and stuff. We just live here until the sun comes out. But we went to hotel after hotel saying, no, there's nothing here. It's, it's a nice, comforting, confidence-boosting thing to be able to walk out of your car, walk up to the person and say, I have a reservation. That means there is a room that has been made ready for me, right? Now, if I don't show up, that room can be given to someone else. Is everybody getting the illustration? Somebody else can get my room if I decide I don't want the room. I don't want the reservation. I'm not going to care about the reservation. Amen. We are living to keep our names connected. If you have already been baptized in the name of Jesus Christ and repented of your sins, if you've already been filled with the spirit of the almighty God, 
If you're walking around a blood-bought, hallelujah, Holy Ghost-filled, sanctified and separated apostolic Christian, you have already got your name written down, hallelujah, in heaven. We're living to keep our names written in heaven. Oh, hallelujah. I absolutely do not believe that it was ever the intent of God for people that would obey his word and follow his commands to go through life just hoping that maybe they're going to make it to heaven someday. I don't believe that there's any confidence in that kind of lifestyle. There's no boldness in that kind of lifestyle. How do you get up and tell somebody else how to get to heaven if you're not even sure you're going there yourself? I believe there is a way to live in this life so that you can wake up in the morning morning and lay your head down at night and know if the good Lord comes today or I die in my sleep, I'm going to wake up in glory. But I also absolutely believe that I can remove myself. Amen. That I can take my name off the reservation as it were. I'm thankful that we have a God that is able to help us with that. Oh, hallelujah. I'm glad that it's not just my name. My name doesn't mean much. I remember many years ago, I was, uh, I was on a flight. I was supposed to be on a flight connecting to another flight. And the airline decided to change my itinerary for me. Wasn't that nice of them? And I arrived and walked up, only to find that there was no seat for me on the plane because they had overbooked it. You know why they overbook flights? Because of the not of people that cancel. The majority of the time when you find yourself in a situation of a flight or even a hotel or other things that have been overbooked, it's because a whole lot of people made reservations that they didn't keep or didn't show up for. Oh, hallelujah. So they will intentionally overbook because they're relying on humanity to fall short. So they said, you don't have a, uh, there's no seat. We can't find a seat for you. We're overbooked. And I didn't have any fear. I just smiled at him and said, well, I'm sure you'll figure something out. You know why I, 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 I was like that? Because I can't fly the plane. It's not my responsibility to get me home. It's your responsibility to get me home. I paid you the money. I already did everything I can do. So whether you get me on this plane or the next plane or a plane tomorrow, I'm getting home somehow, some way. Amen. You know, because it was their name that was connected to it. My name is on a ticket, but their name is on the airline is what I'm trying to say. I'm glad that my name may be on the ticket, but his name is on Hallelujah. I'm glad it's not just about me. It's not just about me. My confidence isn't in me today, but I've got a whole lot of confidence in my God to back up his word, to back up what he said, to say it and follow through on it. I may not always be able to do it, but he's never once fallen short. Somebody say, thank you, Jesus. Oh, hallelujah. I've made my registration in heaven, my reservation in heaven. Amen. And I'm thankful for the blood of Jesus Christ and the name of Christ. I was given a new name at baptism when I was buried in the name of Jesus. 
When I went down, amen, it was called, the, and we would mention as the watery grave of baptism. Romans 13 tells us, and that knowing the time, that now it is high time to awake out of sleep. For now is our salvation nearer than when we believed. The night is far spent, the day is at hand. Let us therefore cast off the works of darkness and let us put on the armor of light and let us walk honestly as in the day, not in rioting and drunkenness, not in chambering and wantonness, not in strife and envying, but put ye on the Lord Jesus Christ. Put ye on the Lord Jesus Christ and make not provision for the flesh to fulfill the lust thereof. How do I put on the Lord Jesus Christ? Galatians chapter 3 verse 27. For as many of you as have been baptized into Christ have put on Christ. Oh, hallelujah. If you've been baptized, amen, the biblical way, that means you went down in the watery grave of baptism in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. And when you did that, you put the name of Jesus on your life. There's a reason why the devil don't come around as much as he used to. There's a reason why the fiery darts of the enemy just can't seem to hit home anymore because I've got the name of Jesus covering me. Oh, hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah. Amen. Do you ever think about the family members that are gone ahead into heaven? Those that you love? Do you ever picture them right now worshiping around the throne of Jesus Christ? Do you ever picture them worshiping and, 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 and giving their glory to the Lord Jesus Christ and enjoying the benefits of heaven? Those of us uh, that have people that have gone ahead uh, that are there, hallelujah, they are abiding in that prepared and precious place right now. Amen. I'll confess to you that I don't fully comprehend or understand exactly how we're going to know them or see them. I can only rely on Matthew 8 and 11. Well, it tells us, and I say unto you, that many shall come from the east and west and shall sit down with Abraham and Isaac and Jacob in the kingdom of of heaven. I'm not exactly sure how relationally we're going to be able to connect ourselves uh, with our mothers and fathers, brothers and sisters, uh, but I know the Bible does tell us that I'm going to be able to meet Abraham, uh, Isaac, uh, and Jacob. I don't quite understand how relationally it will work uh, with a husband or a wife or a son uh, and a daughter, but 1 Corinthians 13 tells us, for now we see through a glass darkly, but then face to face. Now I know in part, uh, but then shall I know uh, even as I am known. I confess to you that I'm still looking through a glass darkly. Uh, I confess to you that I don't fully comprehend it, but I'm looking forward to finding out just what it means uh, to see people on the other side. Uh, I'm looking forward to finding out just what it means uh, to interact with those that are already there. Oh, hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah. I believe that there is a grand and glorious reunion day awaiting us. You say, well, what of the unsaved? I believe that when it says that we will know as we are known, that we will know each other as citizens of heaven in some way. And if some that we knew on earth don't make heaven, then we will not know them in that way 
because we will not exist in the state that they exist in. I also believe that it would be impossible for me to know that someone I love dearly is not in heaven and still God's word to be true, that there'll be no more tears in heaven. I believe that God will not contradict his own word. And so whatever existence it's going to be in, I do not believe that we will have a knowledge of those that are not there. Philippians 3 and 20 says, for our conversation is in heaven. This is a very interesting verse of scripture. From whence also we look for the Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ. The reason why this is interesting is because this is one of those times where we have to pay close attention to the verbiage that is used, and a study of the verbiage really helps us to understand. First of all, where do we look? We talked about looking up last week, didn't we? And what up means. That we should elevate our conversation. We should elevate our vision. We should elevate our eyes. Amen. Can I give you a word of advice in 2022? You need to look up toward heaven more. Amen. You want to keep your sanity? You need to look up toward heaven more. You want to keep yourself from anger and frustration? You need to look up from, to heaven more because there's a lot of nonsense going on down here and there's a lot of mess going on down here. But every once in a while, I just lift my eyes, hallelujah, unto the hills from which my help cometh. My help cometh from the Lord. We lift our eyes toward heaven and we think about heaven. But in this context, this word conversation does not mean what we think it means. This word conversation in this specific verse actually means our community or our citizenship. I know that seems weird, but look it up, study it out. It's talking about community. He's saying for our citizenship is in heaven. Our community is in heaven, from whence also we look for the Savior, our Lord Jesus Christ. Right now, we have no eternal hope in this world. None. There's no eternal hope in this world. The Bible gives us no eternal hope in this world as we know it. But we are pilgrims and strangers in a strange land. Paul said, if we have hope of this life only, we are of all men most miserable. So set your affections on things above and not on things below. We've got to get heavenly minded. We've got to get heavenly minded. We got to get our affections up where our citizenship is. I got my name on a roll in heaven and I'm living every day with my eyes on the prize so that one day I'll be able to walk with him and talk with him in glory land. Oh hallelujah. If you forget about heaven, you're going to forget to look up and all you have left is to look around. And that is a miserable experience. What of the lost world that we are called to reach for Christ, oh preacher? If we're all going to just be heavenly minded and just be looking at heaven, what about all the lost people that we're supposed to be reaching? I believe today that we look around to see opportunity to minister. And we look up to find ability to minister. Minister. 
Bible. Hallelujah. I said, we look around to see that there's broken people. There's people full of heartache. The song we sing about, I felt it very strongly while we were singing that song, that part about fear. There's there's some people in here today that are dealing with some inward fear. I'm just going to tell you, you can deal with that in this altar before you leave here today. You don't have to walk around carrying that inward fear. But we look around to see the opportunities to minister to others. But you hear me. You're going to have to look up to find the ability to minister. You're not going to find the ability to help them in them. You're not going to find the ability to help them in this world. You're not going to find the answer. Oh, hallelujah. I'm so thankful that we have an altar recovery and trauma reboot team that will stand up here boldly and say we believe there is complete healing in Jesus Christ. We don't believe you have to live with it the rest of your life. We don't believe because you once were, you always will be. That's the best that the world can do. But when you put Jesus Christ in the equation, you can take it further than that. I wonder if there's anybody in the house of the Lord that say, I used to be that, but I'm not that anymore. I used to do that, but I don't do that anymore. I used to live that way, but I don't live that way anymore. It's not who I am. Behold, God makes all things new, a new creature in Christ Jesus. Old things pass away. He makes things new. Oh, hallelujah. Amen. And so we believe that. And we see that there is opportunity to minister all around us. But we look up for the ability to minister. We keep our eyes In Matthew chapter 5 and verse 12, it says, Rejoice and be exceeding glad, for great is your reward in heaven. Oh, hallelujah. Trying to seek rewards on earth is an exhausting experience. It's exhausting, especially in our culture today. It's exhausting to try to seek reward because it seems like they only want to give the rewards to people who haven't earned them. And the people working hard don't ever get the reward. Seems like we got some things really messed up. It's an exhausting thing. The Bible speaks of that when we get to heaven, there are going to be some rewards that are given to those who make heaven their home. It's written, great is your reward in heaven. Amen. Amen. Not great is the reward of heaven, but in heaven. Can you imagine with me just for a second that heaven is not the only reward? (laughs) I feel like I want to talk to the Lord and say, you know, heaven's enough. I feel like I want to tell the Lord, you know, heaven, just, just getting there would be enough. But he's making a point. It's an interesting point, and I'm not going to dive too deeply into it today, but there are at least five crowns the Bible speaks of that are offered to the believer. Crown of victory, the crown of rejoicing, the crown of righteousness, the crown of life, and the crown of glory. But we don't get too wrapped up in the crowns because Revelation tells us that we're going to get them 
And then we're going to turn around and cast them down at his feet. Oh, hallelujah. We're going to get them. He's going to hand them to us. There's going to be a, a reason that we would receive such a reward. But then we will cast our crowns at the feet of Jesus. We will receive these rewards at the judgment seat of Christ. Once again, I'm talking about people of the name. I'm talking about people filled with the Spirit. I'm talking about people who have already got their name registered in heaven. And if that is not you, if you're not confident of that today, you can take care of that before you leave here today. Oh, hallelujah. But those who are and do have their name, the Bible speaks to us of a judgment seat of Christ. It's important that we understand that this is not the white throne judgment. The Bible tells us about two areas of judgment, two totally different uses of the terminology and the way that it is carried out. The white throne judgment will have no believers there. None who were resurrected believers or raptured, caught away believers. They're two different things that are happening at different times. One for those who have made heaven and one for those who have not. I believe, personally, this is just me now, I believe that it will be after the rapture or the catching away of the church when that trumpet sounds and we, those are, who are uh, dead in Christ, shall rise first and those who are alive and remain shall be caught up, the Bible says, to meet him in the air. I believe that after that, during what the Bible talks to us is a seven-year tribulation period upon the earth for those who did not have their name registered in heaven. And during that seven-year tribulation time, at some point, there will be what the Bible declares as a judgment seat, and we will be judged upon the deeds that we did upon the earth. I need you to understand what I'm saying. We will be judged. How we live in this world will be judged. And even when we make a heaven, you're going to have to take the word judgment and remove all of the negative context from it. Do you hear me today? We automatically associate the word judgment with negativity. You can use the word that's used here as not a negative thing. These are people who had their name registered in heaven. These are people who either got there through death or the rapture that are now in heaven for eternity that will not be taken from them. But the Lord Jesus Christ is going to hand out some rewards based upon his judgment about what they did for his kingdom with their life. Oh, hallelujah. And so this will be done. And we'll look a little bit more about that in a later message. But Revelation 21, 27 makes the qualifications very clear and very specific. And there shall in no wise enter into it anything that defileth, defileth neither whatsoever worketh abomination or maketh a lie, but they which are written in the Lamb's book of life. 
Amen. Nobody's going to get into heaven uh, that is not qualified to get into heaven. Nobody's going to get into heaven that has not prepared, hallelujah, themselves biblically to get into heaven. Uh, Amen. He is the righteous judge. Uh, We leave all of the judgment up to him. Uh, But according to the scripture, he says you better have your name uh, written uh, in the Lamb's uh, book uh, of life. That's the number one thing. You hear me today. The number one highest priority thing that you ought to be concerned about in your life right now is if do I have a reservation in heaven? Is my name written down in the book of life? That ought to be the most important thing on your mind. And until you get that 100% confident, you should not be prioritizing anything else. Once you get that confident, you should be living your life to be able to say, yes, it is, and trying to help other people to get there because there will be some confusion. I need you to hear me. There will be some confused people in the last days, the Bible tells us. The story of the famous singer, who was asked to perform and sing at a huge wedding. And so they, she, she performs at this wedding, sings beautifully, adds a whole lot to it. But later on, after the wedding, arrives at the reception, which was going to be glorious and beautiful and just magnificent. And she and her husband go up to the door, and when they get to the door, they ask, what's your name? And she's somewhat exasperated and a little bit frustrated. Says, well, my name is such and such. And they said, well, your your name's not on the list. We don't see your name here. And she said, but I, I sang at the wedding. I was at the wedding. I was in the wedding. I was there. I was a part. I sang at it. I did this And they said, sorry, you cannot come in because we have not got your name here. Some frustration between her and her husband. She finally admits, well, yeah, I mean, I got it. I got an RSVP thing, but I figured because I was singing, because I was doing, you know, this big part that I didn't need to fill it out. I didn't think it was necessary for me. Matthew chapter 7, Jesus says some very powerful things. In verses 21 through 23, not everyone that says unto me, Lord, Lord, shall enter into the kingdom of heaven. But he that doeth the will of my Father which is in heaven. Many, many, Many will say to me in that day, Lord, Lord, have we not prophesied in thy name? And in thy name have cast out devils? And in thy name done many wonderful works? Does that sound familiar? It sounds like the disciples that he sent out who came back rejoicing and saying the devil's Listen to us. We're prophesying things that are happening. We're doing all this glorious work. And he says, you just make sure that the thing that matters the most 
is that your name is written down in heaven. Because he says there's going to come a day where they're going to say we prophesied in your name. We cast out devils in your name. We did wonderful works in your name. And then I will profess unto them, I never knew you. Depart from me, ye that work uh, iniquity. You say, well, that just sounds really, really harsh. Uh, That sounds Old Testament harsh. Yeah, that's the mistake a lot of people make. A lot of people make the drastic mistake of not realizing that we are living in an age of grace. We are living in the church age. We are living in an age where he says, you ask and you shall receive. If you repent, I'll forgive you of our sins. But he's not some other God. He didn't change who he was. He's the same God of the Old Testament as he is in the New Testament. And one of these days, he's going to say, okay, that time is over now. And they're going to say, but Lord... We were popular. We were on TV. We did all these things in your name. There was all kinds of wonderful things that happened. And he's going to say, you may have known me, but I didn't know you. You may have thought that we had a relationship, but it was just you using my name to get your glory. I'm trying to wake somebody up today and say, this is not about what you do for Christ. It's about what you let Christ do in you. My God in heaven, help us to to realize that this thing is not over. It's not done. We can absolutely still miss heaven. I'm glad that we're here today. I'm glad that you prioritize church today. I'm glad that you prioritize the word of God in your life. And I'm thankful, as you saw earlier, that we are thankful for everyone who involves themselves in kingdom ministry. But we do not these things in the flesh. We do them in the spirit. And we do them, hallelujah, with an understanding that I'm not going to buy my way into heaven. And I'm not going to work my way into heaven. The only the way I'm getting to heaven is out of obedience to what the word of God has declared. Thus saith the Lord. You can't just check off the right boxes and cover the bases. In my years of pastoring, I have ran into all kinds of people who think that there's somehow some sort of shortcut. Some of them think that if they just give enough money, then they get to go to heaven. Nope. Now, that doesn't mean God won't take your money. If you want to give your money to kingdom things, God will be like, go right ahead. I'll use you to bless the church. That doesn't mean all of a sudden you get to go to heaven. I've met people who thought that if they just, if they just covered all the bases. You ever met somebody who would never declare what faith they were? But they wanted to tell you, well, you know, these people got some good ideas. And sometimes I go to that church and they do some good things over there. And every couple Sundays I show up at that church because they're doing some pretty good stuff. And I'm like, are you a member somewhere? 
is your name somewhere? <laughs> they're trying to cover all their, maybe if I just believe everything. And then there are people that think that if I just, if I just start prophesying, then I'm a prophet. If I just start saying his name, then I'm, then I'm one of his ministers. If I just start doing some work, then I'm one of his disciples. And, and he won't be able to tell me no. I mean, bless God, I was at the church every Sunday. I was there. I was there every, every Sunday. That's awesome. And I can't tell you how much I appreciate faithfulness. And I can't tell you how much of benefit faithfulness is in your life. But I'm going to ask you a question. Do you show up to work on Monday? When your boss calls you in and we start talking about a raise, have you ever said, I'm here every Monday and Tuesday and Wednesday. I'm here all the time. Does the boss say to you, you know, you're right. You do show up and do your work. I think I'll just give you the company. I think because you, you put your 40 hours in every week. I mean, I know we pay you for that and everything, but I think I'll just give you the entire. I'm not downplaying faithfulness, but you need to, hear, you need to think about it a little bit. We start thinking that we can put enough things on our works list that somehow God's going to look at it when we get to those pearly gates and say, well, they didn't obey me completely. And they didn't do what my Bible, my word told them to do, but they did a lot of work. So maybe they need to come in. He says, many. I want you to notice something. He says that they said, didn't we cast out devils in your name? You know what I absolutely believe? I absolutely believe that that was a true statement. And it will be a true statement. Because people are making the mistake of thinking that they cast out a devil. And they're forgetting the part where they said, in your name. They're somehow making a switch in their brain that it had something to do with them instead of the name that is above every name. The only name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved. It is the highest authoritative name that there is. All power in heaven and earth in everything you do in word or deed you should do in the name of Jesus. You didn't cast out a devil. Jesus cast out a devil you just use the name you ever had a situation where you got to go to something because somebody said just give them my name <laughs> huh you go eat at a nice fancy restaurant and they say now you make sure you mention my name when you get there they'll give you the discount discount yeah I went to Jersey Mike's the other day. There's a guy in Jersey Mike's that used to work at another restaurant. And we built a relationship with him. Him and Pastor Brom have a relationship. And me and my wife stepped into Jersey Mike's and he came out. 
Where you all been? See, sometimes when I dive into these illustrations, sometimes I dive in without thinking it all the way through. Because <laughs> I, can't, I can't make myself look good. So he said, where you all been? I haven't seen you guys around here for a while. And I said, yeah, it's because your food's too healthy. <laughs> See, that's what the Lord will do to you when you start just using illustrations. He's like, yeah, it's good for you. I said, I know it's good for you. I said, that's just why we haven't been here for a while. You don't have anything fried on the menu. You asked me a question, I gave you an honest answer. He said, where's old John Brahm at? I said, well, he's not, he's not here. My, me and my wife are eating out today. And he's like, oh, all right, I got you, though. And you tell, you tell old John Brahm, I, I, I got you. And he gave us like a free sandwich or something. <laughs> Which I thought later, I wonder if he just took some of Brother Brahm's bonus points from the purchase points. <laughs> he may have been saying, I got you, but really, Brother Brahm got me with his... <laughs> But because I happen to know the guy who works there, I happen to get a free sub, which means really nothing. I can't walk into Jersey Mike's and walk behind the counter and open up the cash machine and just say, well, what do we got in here today? I can't walk in there tomorrow, walk behind and start making myself a sandwich. Right? Have I made my point? <laughs> Have I made everybody hungry? <laughs> Said many. I hate that word. In this context, I hate that word. Many will say to me in that day, we prophesied in your name. We cast out demons in your name. We did all kinds of wonderful works in your name. Yeah, you did. But that's not all that matters, is it? Where's your name? I know what you did with my name, Jesus is going to say, but what, where's your name at? Is it registered? Is it written down in the book of life? The blood of Calvary must be applied through repentance. The name of Jesus must be applied through baptism and the Holy Spirit in us is what catches us away. Let me talk about that next week. That's the thing that just like took our Lord out of the grave at his resurrection. That Holy Spirit, the Spirit, must be in us as well. Our time on earth is not just a time to just exist. It's not a time to be nonchalant about salvation. It's not a time to be flippant with our relationship with God. We've, we've got to get our eyes fastened on heaven. We got to get heavenly minded. We got to get heavenly minded. Bible tells us in 1 Timothy 5 some men's sins are open beforehand going before the judgment and some men they follow after the Bible is telling us here that some sins are just very known and blatant obvious and noticeable 
and others are covered and hidden and people pretend like they don't exist. They're not there. But scripture tells us that all have sinned. Somebody say all. That all have sinned. But now, today, I have the opportunity to send, as it were, my sins ahead of me to be judged now in this period of grace. Oh, hallelujah. I have opportunity as it was to make my confession known unto him. To say I'm sorry and repent and be honest with the sin that is in my life. And because I do it now, it can be dealt with now in this age of grace covered in the blood of Jesus Christ and Calvary's cross. Or, he says, some, their sins will follow them. Their sins are going to follow them all the way to that other judgment seat, that white throne judgment seat. Their sins are going to follow them because they didn't deal with it, because they refused to acknowledge it, or pretend they pretended like it wasn't there. As we already read in Hebrews 9, it is appointed unto men once to die, but after this, the judgment. And if we don't deal with our sins today, they will follow us into judgment. Oh, hallelujah. Stand with me if you would, please. You say, preacher, what's the point of the white throne judgment then? What's the point of it if, if it's only going to be people who are unsaved, people who didn't make the first resurrection, that didn't come in the, the rapture, the catching away of the church, if it's only for the saved people, that they're not going to be there, they're only going to be at the reward judgment, then what's the point of the white throne judgment if it's just for people that are going into eternal damnation? The Bible says, I saw a great white throne and him that sat on it from whose face the earth and the heaven fled away, Revelation 20, and there was found no place for them. And I saw the dead, small and great, stand before God, and the books were opened, and another book was opened, which is the book of life. And the dead were judged out of those things which were written in the books according to their works. The purpose of the white throne judgment is that everybody gets their day in court. Even crooks and criminals that are caught red-handed that have multiple witnesses against them and footage to show even they get to stand in court one day and be told this is what you did and this is the punishment for that this is the evidence against you and the books were open and another book was open which is the book of life and they were judged out of those things which were written in those books according to their Works. That's why the great white throne judgment exists. Before God casts anybody into an eternal damnation, he's going to show them exactly why. So there's something written about me somewhere. Today there is something written about us somewhere. Is it your name and glory? Or is it the sins that are going to follow us to the judgment? 
whatever is written is written somewhere and there's eternity hanging in the balance there's eternity hanging in the balance I got it heaven we need you today and so I would ask you to take this Sunday I know it's just another Sunday but I would ask you to take it seriously and I know this is just another moment when I'm going to invite everybody to come up and pray but I'm going to ask you to take it seriously because this kind of stuff matters to God if you're here today and you would like to talk to God a little bit about it whether you've been coming to church for 50 years or this is your very first day I would ask that everybody that would would come to the front. The open area in the front is our altar area. This is where we come to pray and respond to what we feel right now. Would you come and talk to the Lord a little bit? Thank you for listening to our podcast this week. We hope you enjoyed this message. Remember, if you would like to find out more information about our church or to contact us, please go online at connectpointupc.com. And also, don't forget to subscribe in your podcast app so you will be automatically notified of new episodes. Thank you, and we hope you have a great week.